0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. on Cable Caleb Brown. The contradictions in so many self-styled conservatives' claims about the tyranny of big tech are ever-present, but they keep doing it. And the shift to fighting on antitrust grounds is in full force. Elizabeth Nolan Brown is a senior editor at Reason. We talked about the current state of the fight against big tech. It's a popular thing online to... Grab two tweets from the same Republican politician on the subject of tech and speech and uh, either cancel culture or any number of things and point out how diametrically opposed uh, those ideas are. How much awareness is there within the, the GOP or within the conservative movement that there is a pretty big inconsistency
1: there? I think that they have to know that they're making contradictions. I think that there's just uh, not a lot of care about that. Um, you see both what you mentioned and the, and a lot of you know people like Josh Hawley saying on Twitter, you know that Facebook is a monopoly or you know uh, please go buy my book on Amazon about how big tech is a tyranny and it's just it's it's silly. There's no way to not realize that that there's a hypocrisy there, but also it it doesn't matter. The the goal is just uh, you know demonizing. Big tech,
0: and, but my my concern is that at some point, I mean, courts are fairly consistent on the First Amendment and what it means, and what the what the meat on the bones has has come to be over the years in in legal precedents. So I wonder, uh, they've transitioned to trust antitrust, yeah. which is not strictly speaking a First Amendment issue, but certainly would could be implicated. So where do you suspect it's going to be the most productive avenue for republicans to try to attack big tech on antitrust grounds and i should add that the left has its own complaints yeah. as well
1: it's it's interesting because republicans when they're when they're going after things on antitrust grounds they're often not actually antitrust grounds like there's a lot of saying that things are antitrust issues but they actually then are uh freedom of speech issues that relate to the first amendment and sometimes you know specifically to section 230 and there's a lot of saying like well this is an antitrust issue and it's just not but um and you also have that though on on the democrats side too um you know like my favorite example recently was of earlier this year, uh, Elizabeth Warren said, Amazon tweeted something uh, back at her. And she said like, this is why we need to br- uh, use antitrust to break up big tech. So you're not powerful enough to heckle senators with snotty tweets. And you're just like, that's just really saying the quiet parts loud. Like,
0: well, And also literally anyone can do that.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Like literally <laughs> anyone can just create an account and heckle senators with snotty tweets. So,
0: well, so One of the things that I've noticed is that uh, when years ago, when someone would make a public case on behalf of taking down some company, once they filed the the lawsuit or the the legal challenge in some way, it was substantially different from uh, the arguments that they were making in public. But now, I don't know. It really seems like a lot of the arguments that they're making in public are going to be in lawsuits that ultimately at least to my mind are largely baseless.
1: Yeah, I mean it's at least been reassuring to see that with one of them so far the the FTC lawsuit joined by a bunch of attorneys general against Facebook um, you know, they were like Facebook as a monopoly and they just sort of like glossed over it. It was like Facebook is a monopoly and and then like all the stuff that followed from it. And the, the a judge recently, a federal court recently rejected the lawsuit and said, um, you know, rejected the complaint. They said that the FTC could refile. But they said, like, you just sort of said that they're a monopoly and gave zero evidence. We're not just going to, you know, like you need to give us something in order to prove that. And it was just kind of funny because it's like I think that's how how bold they've become, though, because they think that the case, because there's such bipartisan support, at least for this idea that these are all monopolies that you can use antitrust law to break up, and because there's such a, like a popular narrative about that now that they're just like, yeah, we'll just throw that in a court document. We don't even have to explain ourselves. The judge will just go with that. And it's like, no, you still kind of need to actually make that case.
0: In my various conversations with Matthew Feeney and Will Duffield at Cato about uh, subjects like this, I keep reiterating my concern that. Left and right ultimately will find something to agree on, uh, and that's the that's the nightmare scenario uh, when it comes to either antitrust or trying to restrict the ability of platforms to make their own decisions about who's on them and who isn't.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely the the, the danger in both of those things. Um, is that you know they have very different reasons it, it, for wanting to do these things, but they sometimes agree on the same solutions, which aren't going to make anyone happy. But that's that's what you're seeing with antitrust right now. I mean, like I said, the the Republicans are largely just like we're mad about social media content moderation decisions, people getting kicked off of Facebook and Twitter or whatever. Um, the left, you see much more typical, like, you know, Democratic concerns like these companies are too big. You know, we just need to cut them down to size because they're just too big. But they've both decided that the solution then is to reform antitrust laws and, you know, um, either either use lawsuits or use new laws to to break up Facebook and break up these big tech. and But it's just, it's strange because A, a lot of their solutions that they're proposing are not just going to target big tech. I mean, they like to act like they're just going to, but they're going to affect business at large. And the things that they would do to companies like Facebook and Twitter aren't going to address any of the problems people have. Like no one's mad that Facebook actually also owns Instagram and WhatsApp. Like, that's not the issue people have with Facebook. Like, even if Facebook has to get rid of WhatsApp and and Instagram, they're still going to make content moderation decisions people don't like and kick off groups and kick off things. And nobody, it's not going to fix anything that people are actually mad about.
0: Yeah. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the break it up is more of the preference of the left and the right.
1: Yes. But um, I mean, like Josh Hawley has been big on break it up. There are some some right senders that that have been really just like hammering the drum about break them up.
0: And it changes nothing about the analysis with respect to content moderation.
1: No, not at all. Like, it would not solve any of the problems that, that the right, especially, has about these things. It would solve more of the left's problems, which are just like, you know, they think that things are too big and businesses should just be smaller. But yeah, especially for the right, it's just like, a. I don't understand what they're getting out of it, except for that they just get to, it's a really easy thing to say that is popular amongst people who are already mad about big tech.
0: And uh, to some extent, it seems like uh, people like Mark Zuckerberg have been able to co opt this anger. And direct it into a regulatory push that Mark Zuckerberg can get behind, which, which of course is also terrifying in its own way.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, both with this and in the sort of you know broader like Section Two Thirty or free speech on on and social media more broadly, like Facebook has has been masterful of because of course they are they've got all these lawyers they've got all these charges at at working this to their advantage, and that's that's another kind kind of thing that's just whatever whatever they do in this antitrust realm is actually going to you know they say it's about increasing competition and promoting competition but it would really just make it much more difficult for startups and smaller you know social media companies smaller internet companies in general to to take off in the first place so it would really just entrench the power of the companies that we have now that people are mad about
0: is there is there anything that you see as a policy fix or change that would satisfy anyone that you, that Liz Brown would be satisfied with?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I think we have a pretty good standard right now. Like for the past, you know, uh, 40 or so years, it's been the the consumer harm standard, you know, um, like as, as, you know, sort of advocated by the Chicago school. And it's been very much based on, you know, antitrust enforcement was based on. Is something, is a business not just doing, you know, not just big, not just, you know, have a lot of market power, but are they using this in an anti-competitive way that causes consumer harm, either raises prices for consumers or just, you know, in other, in other ways, you know, does not, makes it hard for consumers and especially Democrats, but people on both sides really just want to get rid of that. And I just, I don't think that's a good idea. Like when you get rid of that, the things you replace it with are much less tangible and much more based on these, like, sort of, you know, ideological positions rather than, like, what's just good for your average person.
0: Well, how seriously do you take the push to replace the consumer welfare standard?
1: Like, is it a real threat? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a yes, it's bad. I think because uh, under the Biden administration, you know, you've got Tim Wu, who is one of the he was like the the guy who invented the concept of net neutrality, but also he's been you know very bit much behind the push to uh, get rid of the consumer welfare standard. His his book is The Curse of Bigness, which is just about like why you know companies just big is bad, and he's now Biden's uh, competition policy director at the in, on the Economic Policy Council. You've got Lena Khan, who's another one who is also big on this. You know, the consumer harm standard is just totally wrong, and we. We need to we need to get rid of it and we need to have all these other, you know, more ideological standards. And now she's not just been appointed to the FTC, but chair of the FTC. So I think that there's that there's a big danger of of it being sort of revised.
0: Elizabeth Nolan Brown is a senior editor at Reason. We spoke last week. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.